0: Welcome to Santa Barbara talks with Josh Molina I'm here today with uh, one of my uh, favorite people to interview and one of the people who helped me out a couple years ago when I was starting the podcast and I always remember that and she took the time out of her day on a weekend to meet me uh, and uh, have a great conversation so I'm really grateful for that and now here we are back Wendy Sims Moten how are you doing today?
1: I'm great, uh, Josh. Thank you so much uh, for, again, <laughs> we get to have a conversation. And I, I remember that conversation that we had. It was just, you know, not too soon after uh, the Martin Luther King uh, program and where I was speaking about Uncommon Courage, mm. uh, what we have to do to make hard decisions. So I'm glad to be back and, and looking forward to the conversation because I think that's, that's the thing as we move forward. It's really important to continue the conversation, not just the one time and done time.
0: Yes, exactly. And, you know, you serve on the Santa Barbara Unified School District Board of Education. And yeah, you reminded me, you had that talk about uncommon courage. And it really sort of applies now as well to what we're talking about is is the state of Santa Barbara Unified School District schools in terms of the racial climate. And I want to talk to you because you've been a leader in the community you aren't one of these leaders who, every time you have a microphone in front of you, you choose to grandstand. You're not one of those, thankfully, because when you do speak, it has power and it has impact and it has meaning. And you can tell that you're picking your spots and you're speaking from the heart and you're not trying to talk every time just for the soundbite. I noticed that, okay? And I've noticed it for several years that I've been reporting you, reporting on you. Let's talk about Santa Barbara Unified. And I wanted to talk to you because of last Tuesday, there was a school board meeting and there's this discussion going on about how does the district respond to these racial incidents in the district. We had the very high profile incident at Santa Barbara Junior High where it was a hate crime by some students against a black student and there was they they attacked him. They used the N word. There was all sorts of uh, trauma associated with that, and the school district responded. And then they were gonna they were going to uh, sort of have this follow up meeting. And then at this follow up meeting more people called in and said that you haven't done enough. Uh, There've been other incidents and it sort of exploded into the public comment, sort of attacking some of the district members, the board members, and you really seized the moment to talk about, hey, let's talk about this in a very real way. And I sort of felt you were holding everyone accountable, not just the people in the room, even some of the callers you were holding accountable. So can you talk about what happened in that moment when you are dealing with all of this pressure to make change, you've been in the seat for a while, what caused you to sort of speak the way you did and talk about, hey, we all need to rework this and we need to stop this and we need to figure this out because the kids are the ones who are losing here. Can you talk a little bit about this moment?
1: proud I am and how what a privilege I feel and um, as being a Santa Barbara Unified School District board member I'm really proud of the district of being a part of that district taking on challenges doing the things that we can do best making sure that we are again you know our mission is preparing our kids for a world that's yet to be created and I think it is our responsibility in what we do to prepare that world that's yet to be created one that is free and, and, and minimizing you know uh, racism and, and and being more diverse and inclusive and equity. All of those things are in preparation of um, an environment where our kids can be their best and reach their best potential. So I, I know that we're working toward that and, and, and we're working on things that have long time, long-term systemic issues. And so it's not just gonna you know um, happen in a short period of time because there's this direct attention. The things that we're doing and moving forward, um, it's going to take us some time. I think it's really important for us to keep communicating what we're doing, where we're going, where we may have started in a certain direction, and maybe it wasn't exactly. We need to adapt and adjust um, to that. But that has to be who we are, no matter what is going on, you know, um, because it's ingrained in who we're what we're going to do. Always looking forward, and so, you know, in 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 that moment. Um, I think it's time to speak. You speak when it's time to speak, when it makes sense to speak. Um, so it doesn't get just that sound bite, as you know, we had talked about many times about a soundbite, because I don't want this to be a soundbite in time. We have got to continue to go forward. And so there where you see me really stepping forward. And to be honest, my spirit was really low when that, you know, when this first happened. And I, I was just, I just was really didn't have the words to express. And so it wasn't new, but the fact that we're here again, uh, talking about this is means that we have not done enough to continue the conversation uh, with our children, uh, with our students, with our community. And I know that it's a hard uh, conversation, but it doesn't mean that it's not necessary and that we don't have to, to do that. So we don't have these explosive moments, right? And so in the term that it feels like we're reacting uh, because we haven't perhaps done all the work and the continued work and the sustained work. So rather it being a reaction, it's a response to what's going on. And, and I literally, I was, I was just disappointed. And I, you know, I, I, I had to take a step back and think about what it meant to me um, as a leader in this uh, community, certainly as a board member. Uh, you know, I speak today not only as a board member, but I speak as a member and a leader uh, in this in this community, I'm a mother of uh, you know parents of uh, a son who went through Santa Barbara Unified School District, had my own uh, you know experiences um, with that. And so, at that moment, I I had listened, I had heard, and of course, there's many conversations about you know what was happening, people's perceive happening and only take this as an opportunity to move their own agenda forward as opposed to keeping it focused on what we need to do, which is part of some of the comments in a in, in a hope in a very respectful way, being direct about it. I also talked about my mother so gracefully direct. Um, so you're not you know you're 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 not uh, being distracted um, by emotion and feeling, but rather let's deal with this in a respectful way. I acknowledge what you're feeling, and you hopefully you're acknowledging what I'm feeling. And at that moment, Josh, um, I felt so, so vulnerable and so uh, exposed. Um, and I don't think, um, but I wasn't any less um, uh, committed com- in my conviction to moving forward. This, I, it was like I. I'm drawing a line in the sand right now. And if we don't do what we need to do all we can in this moment to start doing what we need to do, even though it's hard to do that, it, when will we ever do it? Because we will come back around. So that's what I was thinking about that and that I'm I'm one in my thoughts right now, because you know, obviously we have a public conversation and I, it was important at that moment to put this type of, of concerns and issues you know, discussion so that we can talk. Oftentimes public comment is used for just to heighten up different things. And as a board, as part of you know, Brown Act, we can't really respond because we started a discussion that wasn't agendized, it creates all sorts of other things. So I'm like, we need to make sure from that meeting, that first meeting, that the public comment came out, we need to have a space where it's discussed discussion so that we have time and we're and people know that it's gonna happen and, and what's happening. So it was crucial. And so I really really had to think about how I was feeling, and I like I said I was disappointed and and my spirit was just really low and I said this is this is the moment that we have to seize and in this moment we're here in this moment and how are we gonna move forward you know and people say, well, how do we get here well we, we we've kind of been here, you know and it for, for, but the question I was asking myself is how do we grow from here and where do we grow from here because uh, there's opportunities to 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 do so and so i was ready to draw that sign in my own like the own uh, um, line in the sand to wendy what are you gonna do um to step up and say what needs to be said uh, from your perspective one who has experienced it who has lived it and 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 how we need to call in the community uh, you know and an invitation is you're calling someone in you're you're welcoming them in right and so how do we do that and i felt that that was really important too and anything that i'm trying to do in, in this moment that's going to go far beyond that and i think part of it is that you know the training that you hear about the anti bias training all of those things that was there and we, i think it's again it, it's for a moment but it has to be sustained it has to be in everything that we do it has to be aligned and so there's no question about it and i think sometimes we are afraid of the liability that we may face Um, you know, regarding putting up those social justice and equity and diversity and and groups who may not think that way, figure this is a public institution, therefore you shouldn't be doing these things. And so I think we may be afraid and a little shy of doing that and a little hesitant in doing that, but for the liability, but I think the liability is far greater if we don't do it. Uh, You know, in terms of that, the the harm is there. I, I felt like, I think I said, Uh, In that moment, I said, it feels like that happened to me also, too, movement in that moment. People were calling in. And so that means that the harm that was done or the incidents that were done um, had not really been addressed. They maybe just been, you know, put up there and put a dressing on it. And this is no blame, uh, really, about anything. It's something that we need to to carry forward and, and really start to look at it. And that's where I'm saying we need to take the pause and do an assessment of where we are uh because you know that assessment's going to tell us that's like a mirror <laughs> look at, and if done correctly and done right that's going to be that mirror but that's what we need to have the baseline to move forward because that will be part of responding as opposed to um reacting to the situation so it might yeah. I, I tell you my heart was beating uh it, it, you know because i i knew in that moment it, it it was vulnerable being vulnerable and being a you know open and seeking the courage to what I know I needed to do
0: right and and so I want to talk to you a little bit about sort of what was happening in the room um it's tough right because you have to make decisions for everybody not just those who are the most upset or the most vocal And so you're in there and you're, you're hearing, you're being criticized for the board. The board is being criticized, Fran Wagnick specifically by name, by some for being, for for having, for showing anti-blackness. Okay. And so when, when that term comes up, you know, there's a whole bunch of other people who are hearing that term and getting offended by it. Right. they're like they're like what is this you know um, they don't understand it you know and so can you define that term what does that term mean and also is the board is the district you know are, are they are are they trying to perpetuate anti-blackness from from your perspective can you kind of unpack those
1: yeah thank you I think you know um, I don't know I think when when you talk about this is a crime against a young black man, Young black boy, uh, young man, as the, as we as we as I would think about, you know, I want to see them. I want to respect their maturity and <laughs> where they are with regards to how they identify, you know, young black men. Um, and it's like calling it what it is. There are all sorts of racism. So so in general terms, absolutely, we need to make sure because there's racism going in all different places. And as we as we look in terms of where we're sitting in classes, where we're talking. So there's a lot of things that is going on you know, racial-wise and it's also has a racial uh, undertone to it. I think the anti-Blackness is that that's just part of racism, it's not different, but it feels uh, from a Black person's perspective, you're not really understanding the extra that goes on when it's perpetuated on a Black person, it's extra. I can't explain it, but it's extra. And when you don't call out that extra part, that's, that, that's, that feels like it's anti, like we're invisible. I, I think it kind of carries a off. You've seen me and heard me many times when we are looking at our data and I will say, wait a minute, where is the data on our African-American students? Well, you're too small. So that's like, I don't want, so that feels anti. You don't really want to talk about that. That's the anti, talk about it, speak about it so that people don't feel invisible. And because there's a certain, you know, there's a, so, you know, we have a long history of anti-Blackness in this country. Um, And so it's it's that hard part you don't want to sit and talk about, that it feels like you don't Really, you're slow to react because of what the, the you know the whole nature is going to happen about this anti-black. It's anti-meaning that you don't really think that's important enough. And I don't, you know, I think it's because sometimes it's unintentionally in other places trying to be respectful, if you will, of, of you know uh, protecting one. So it's if I were comparing data when I said, well, where is the numbers? It's too small. It's, it just says you're never too small to count, but it feels like that. And so when this, we don't really want to let that know. When perhaps because we haven't dealt with that in, in you know, in, in recognizing it it feels anti. And, and, and until you really had that conversation for those who were like, what does that mean? You know, because when I when I thought it's anti-Black, I had to stop and think about what that was. You know, that sometimes is a living experience. You don't really want to know the experience of being black. It, it there, there's something extra about it. Uh, you know, and um, so when, when, when those who may be saying, what's that about, or it's this, let's, let's have a conversation so that I can understand where you're not seeing that so that I can, and then you can also see where it is because you are walking in my shoes that you're saying that's not an important piece because we need to elevate that it's a black young man because we're saying it's racism across. It's, it's, it's not that generic, you need to call it out. Yeah. And the more that you're able to call it out, then you have the conversations and a greater understanding of why it, it, it feels this way, why it is that way, why the perception is that way.
0: And the so much of this, when it comes to leaders, of course, no one is overtly anything, right? I, I think for the most part, the people who are in charge, who are leading, who are decision makers, they really want to do the right thing. However, they, they struggle with what the right thing means because- in many cases, they're handcuffed. They, they, they're afraid to communicate, because if they communicate in a way that is authentic to them, where they're just sort of asking questions, they're gonna feel judged, or they're gonna feel like they're gonna say the wrong thing, and then there's gonna be a whole cancel them um, backlash. Um, so a lot of them just don't have the tools to how do I do this, or they don't have the credibility. Um, In your experience, dealing with board members, dealing with the district staff, um, what is your characterization of their intent and how they want to address this issue of of, of racial prejudice and racial violence in schools?
1: Yeah, you know, um, my experience is that, you know, with staff, again, for me, it's, it's, it's about the relationship. Because if you have a relationship, you start to establish relationships, that's when you can really decipher out you know, are you authentic? And I can tell you, you know, in a in a in, in a respectful way that this sounds like this. So for instance, when 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 Fran was making her report, I was saying, you know, this this sounds defensive. Mm-hmm. But because they know in the relationship again over time that I'm gonna be straight up, straightforward, and I'm gonna always try to see the other side, um, but I'm not going to. Um, try to minimize what is directly impacting me to make you feel comfortable. It's going to take all of us being willing to be open together to better understand what it looks like and to point it out. It's it's coming across this way is unauthentic, uh, unauthentic, you know, uh, not authentic, authentic about that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's coming across like that. And maybe that's not your intent, but let's talk about how it comes across so that we can better understand it. And again, I think, I don't think anyone is. They might be. And hopefully, you know, when we assess this climate, which is why it's important to have a third-party independent uh, climate assessment, because people, you know, hopefully they're gonna look at this as how do we better understand ourselves and that mirror, looking at us, you know, our mirror that we put up as a district, to really say, here's what it is, here's perception, and here's how what we need to do to, to, to be more, to be more authentic when people feel like that. So again, so how do we start to work toward that, acknowledge it, you know, and all the work is the anti-bias work, the anti-Black work, all those things, those terminologies need to be a part of an ongoing conversation, you know, of, of, uh, so that one who may not necessarily be directly experienced, such as the board, we have a diverse board in terms of like, I don't know if I want to speak. You shouldn't be afraid to speak, but you also have to take a good look within yourself, am I? Because all of this works in the beginning, starts with you and how you react to things, you yeah. know, and it's obviously based on your experience. So I think, you know the the steps that we're taking, um, and the heat that we take as a board, you know, we were one of the first districts to uh, mandate uh, ethnic studies and 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 how we're doing that and, and looking at other things and looking forward and moving and doing the hard work to make sure um, that, again, we are taken into all accounts. When we have those differencing of opinions is when we really need to have those conversations. I think that the conversations with Someone who thinks differently, they shouldn't just stop at this moment. I think this is the beginning and we have to always circle around. So I'm hoping, Josh, that we, as we're going through this, that we have reporters coming in. This is a long-going story. What is the district doing? We are poised right now to start doing things differently. As a community, as a district, we have to start um, um, here and use this as a starting point and don't be afraid because fear will freeze you. But conversations and facing that fear will free us a lot better
0: and a lot easier. That's good, well, very well said. Uh, I wanna talk to you about the training that used to take place in schools, and maybe you can educate me about what's still happening. But if we remember a few years ago with when Carrie Matsuoka was uh, superintendent, there was a backlash among certain members of the community who were saying, uh, this implicit bias training, this cultural proficiency training, is harmful. You know, it teaches kids to 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 not like white people, to consider white people to be, you know, the enemy, and you know, sort of the the, the European dominant culture is the problem. Um, and, and and so there was a backlash. Okay, and then I, I don't think just communities. I don't think that contract was. Was renewed. I think that that went away is probably part of the, the pressure. One, one of the things as a journalist that bothers me, and you see this come out in my reporting, and you know, you've know you heard me talk about this, is a lot of times these board members are into this um, for themselves, and I'm not going to name names, but they're running for other offices. They're thinking, what do I say now going to do that might affect me down the road? Um, how do I stay safe in this moment? and still look like I'm trying to do the right thing. That's, that's not unique to the Santa Barbara School Board that happens everywhere with electeds. Um, did the district unfairly eliminate or unnecessarily, or did it make a mistake by not renewing the Just Communities contract or some kind of contract that that allows for these conversations and these trainings to happen at schools?
1: Well, as you know, it, 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 anything, you know, even in this moment, it's it's, it's controversial, it's, com- it's it's complicated. And again, we're a public institution and having to be accountable for the public, to our parents, to our students and, and, and you know, into the community. So that's a complicated issue. I, that was happening, that work was happening, you know, before our board was seated, um, you know, in terms of that, they started to address those issues again. And, you know, in terms of addressing those issues, it's people who feel that, finding out the truth sometimes, or talking about the truth about what really it's happening, feel like they're being blamed for something. Um, and so as a perceived blame, we're just gonna blame you for everything that's, that, that, that's, that's happening, but there's a root cause of it. And I think the, anti, the anti-bias training, if done correctly, if keeping, keep moving it forward and making it consistent, making a part of who we are as a district, who we are as a community, uh, with regards to you know how do we address it so that you feel like um, you're doing what you need to do again to prepare our students for this for the world that they're living in one that you know we're hopefully going to be creating better for them with the in there so it was a very complicated um, process you know uh, we approved that process and you know in terms of a lot of things and so in what it, in in this end not necessarily making a mistake but perhaps taking a pause on how we're going to do this work going forward in this environment, given what was happening, you know, there. Um, And I think how we can go forward with that work, I think using, you know, the assessment, will really get at, again, at the baseline. It will also not only gather where people are right now, but where have you been? You did have this type of training, what happened? You know, that derailed it for one reason or another. You know, of course there was all the lawsuits that's been publicly, you know, done all those other things. So how do we get back on that? And then of course there was this huge thing called COVID that kind of got in the way. Um, yeah. And and um, but I, I think we will have to we're at this point revisiting work about anti bias. How do we do it? Uh, which is why I, I I said you know said make sure we have an independent third party uh, here because you're in the middle of things and you don't you go from where you go you you know you know your your experience and I think. Um, so I think we're we're gonna go revisit our anti bias work. Who it's gonna be with will be determined based on you know the outcome of those results and how best to to serve this need and to uh, continue to address this and be part of who we are as a unified school district uh, yeah. to go forward.
0: Okay, um, one of the things that I hear from people and as you know you hear from people too this subtext has come up that we need to um, also educate the Latinx community about uh, racial prejudice and uh, bias. Um, I And I've received comments from white people saying, oh, look, they've made us the enemy. And, and now really, you know, some of these disputes don't have to do with white people, they have to do with Latinx and, and uh, black people. A real misunderstanding of the situation, <laughs> you know. Um, but some of that subtext is there and no one's really calling it out specifically. They're alluding to it. It's very sensitive and difficult. Um, can you talk about that? Uh, what, what sort of your, your uh, view is on the role of the board in terms of talking about this conversation as not just being a black white thing and how do you navigate that whole situation? What's, what's your, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. well first first of all uh racism about everybody <laughs> so you know we know way back in the day there was the divide and conquer back in the day when you had the house slaves versus the field slaves and the white in the, the colorless colorism and yeah. that is society that if you this a certain look a certain thing you know um, that creates division within your own communities so that's real um and it, it has not a, you know uh, in terms of it's almost like <laughs> it's like, well, that's really against them, and that's not against us. See, that's not us and them; it's everybody. Uh, right. Everybody has a role to look at it, you know. And some things are mandated by law that you have to focus on different things. So, how do we, in every aspect of what we do, uh, be mindful of this? And 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 again, use it as a opportunity to educate. To so let's let's talk about that. So that's that's what that's what I'm hearing, and hopefully, you know, again, I I, I would you know, with the risk of repeating myself, really this climate is not just about a session of racial, play, but how are we responding? How are we interacting about things? Do we realize the perception of how we may address one thing or another? Is that coming across with racial undertones and giving an opportunity for someone to say, wow, this takes the focus off of us because <laughs> they're they're fighting amongst each other and mm-hmm. realizing perhaps that might be being encouraged. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all fight amongst yourselves. Yeah. So that it kind of takes the pressure but everybody has a role to play a role of understanding a role of the actions in it that we have to do things differently and, and take that step back and say wait a minute you know and i think that you know one of the things i said i said i want you know when this happened i was certainly my caring concern with a young man who this was done to and the concern about how do we talk to these young men who were part of the ones who did this and do you understand?" Uh, what this means and what this looks like. So talking to them um, as well. Uh, in, in terms of that. And, and sometimes it is about talking. We know our kids and where they are and they're sometimes reflecting community things that are going on in, in the community. And is there a broader something going on in the community that we may not be aware of? Um, and so how do we, again, broaden out like what's going on? And the only way that we're gonna find those things out is to have the conversation. And it feels like well, we're just talking. It's, it's it's talking to then start to put into action and start to implement those things You know, going forward. Um, I was talking to someone. I've, you know, had several uh, comments and and calls and <laughs> and texts, and all, all all sorts of things. And I know that I am in a privileged spot to be able to say the things that I need to say directly because of who I am and I work. Hard at that, not trying to be some persona that I'm not, but I work hard to make sure that I'm able to say directly without disrespecting you and, ex- and expecting the same back. And then I'm going to speak truth. And I'm going to hopefully, when I'm asking something, that I want to ask authentically, you're feeling that way, but tell me, help me understand why you're feeling that way. Right. And so I think that's the same thing. It's, it's what we're doing intentionally. What we're doing is a part of what we do. So nobody can say, well, it's them over there. No, it's all of us. Mm-hmm. It's all of us. It's not one of uh, us against them. And maybe when it's heightened up, maybe that's bringing ourselves aware of it. Like, are you aware that there seems to be a little uptick in that? What, what's going on here? Is it something we adults may not be uh, aware of? And, and I want to say that student voice is, is very critical uh, is very powerful in here and you know and we I hold my students accountable too. Uh, I want you to be a part of of creating the environment that you want to be in and go to school on and be proud of and and helping each other get there not attacking each other but calling people in and, hey dude, that's that's not cool that's making us look bad you know that kind of thing so just you know making sure that that voice is is there as well i you know I, I, and I I say that to the, the various students that I, I appreciate what you're doing, but I'm going to hold you accountable for what, you, what your behavior is. Yeah. You know, so I, you need to be on this part too. And so, um, I think we're we're doing that and 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 allow and allow it not to be someone else's agenda, because that's what happens sometimes. People want to take an incident or uh, and make it their agenda for whatever it is they want to make it But we need to call that out and respectfully no. Here's what it's about. Let's just come back to the center about yeah. what
0: it's about and what it's not. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good point. Um, and you <laughs> mentioned that, you know, not in just, you said in the meeting, not in just this loud moments, but yeah. consistently, what are, what are we doing? And the last thing I want to ask you about as it relates to that meeting was, I guess just this applies to to communication in general. There's often, it must be tough as a school board member because you were getting criticized from every from a lot of different perspectives of course you get a lot of support right but the critics are the loudest so it's we just dealt with covid right the people who don't want, want masks or vaccines you're getting attacked very personally um, in this moment the board's getting criticized for not doing enough for not communicating enough can you talk about communication and is that an effective way? Uh, I, I know that the response to this is, Josh. If we don't talk like this, if we don't, sc- if we don't make a big deal that they're not going to listen, and I get that. But do you feel as though you want to do a better job as a board member when you're attacked personally? What can you say about that kind of communication? You know, if you're speaking to you know, public commenters, Um, does that work? Does that not work? What is your attitude when you're listening to them?
1: Um, You know, people need to be heard and I understand that. And, you know, we're a public institution and public comment has become not just this, really the opportunity for the public to participate in, participate in the board meeting. You know, this is not the public, it's the board meeting, doing board business. And we wanna make sure, again, we hear from, from the public. When, and you could be passionate about that, but I, I'm not into the disrespectful uh, and, and, and feeling like the board should be moving, you know, in a certain way, if I go personal. Uh, the, the minute you go personal against any board member, the minute for me, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer listening and I'm one of five, but that's my attitude toward that. I'm gonna listen openly with an open mind and, and an open heart to hear what you're saying. And again, trying to decide between fact and 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 feeling and, and emotion, uh, but that that personal, i'm I'm done listening as a board member, and I've said that as much. Um, you know, when we were having that even when uh, Carrie was a superintendent, I was like, this is not okay for you to act this way. No. The, it, it just simply we need to just call it out and we have our own accountability for things that we know we need to do and when we need to be, you know held accountable for the action we, in the direction we may be giving, you know, our superintendent. Uh, what we're trying to do and really being an understanding of as board members, what our roles is. And I think that's a critical piece that people really have to understand what the roles are, what we can and cannot do, you know, and should and should not do uh, in in terms of that. And so when, when one may be feeling so passionate about something and it's true passion to them and they're really, but let's stay on the issue and not get personal thinking that's going to move it one way or the other. I mean, you naturally are going to want to just defend, mm-hmm. you know, either defend it for the most part. I'm like, okay, I, I'm not gonna say anything because it's not gonna be pretty if I were to do that, you know? <laughs> oh, sure. And it wouldn't be it wouldn't be fair. That's not who I who I am and who I uh, and never want to be and work hard not to be. Uh doesn't mean that I won't speak directly, you know, to that point. So I I just say that that public comment, this is an opportunity. Let's end up it's in the purview. Uh, of what's going on and what's in the purview, and fully understanding what it is, and working with what they can and cannot do, uh, and I think you know communication is absolutely clear. Yeah. You know, every time we need to say this is, but for me, you 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 know that's time to speak, and and that's great that you're participating in me. But the, the, the minute it gets personal, I'm done listening. Yeah, okay. I'm done listening. I'm sitting there, and, 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 and you know, but I, you know, and you could listen, but am I hearing you? No. That, that 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 is gone that is gone uh, and i always
0: think of it too is like if you were talking to your your, your spouse or your partner to get your children your significant other, your friend there's no there's no situation anywhere that i know of when you start yelling and pointing the finger that you're going to get the result you want it, and so i don't know why people think you're going to get it with the board either and I, you know? I have to say at that point you,
1: there's nothing else that you have to say yeah. because then you need to go personal. Cause you, you, you know, when you were saying what you had to say, you didn't feel it was being a whatever the case may be. So I'm just going to attack you personally because you, you know, that'll get a reaction from you. But yeah. That,
0: no. Um. Again, so I want to just wrap up that meeting, but I, I just want to say that that was uh much, very much needed. Somebody at the board had to say something and take a stand and you seized the moment. And much like uh, that first, Time that uh, I saw you speak, you know, outside of the board meeting at the Martin Luther King hearing, when you talked about uncommon courage. Like we all can do the, the courageous things in the moment, right? Like the obvious things many yeah. of us do, but it's the one where you're the only one who's doing it that that's difficult, and that's true uh, courage, and that's what you talked about, you know, at that Martin Luther King, and it's been the theme of what you talk about on the board, uh, Wendy. Can you talk to me a little bit about your background, your story and how you came to Santa Barbara and and just sort of, I know you're first five, you're a school board member, you do a lot of things in the community, but okay. what's, what's your story?
1: Yeah, you know, I have a story. I, I'm <laughs> i a great women, strong, powerful women and strong, silent men, <laughs> my dad, my grandparents, my great-grandparents and I, you know, I am so, and you see this like light up because I love from where I come. And um, that helps me in those moments of the leadership piece, and you know, and expectations, and all those different things. And I come from Texas. You I'm so proud of some of the things we do in, <laughs> in Texas. But you know, some of the things we do, and you know, I, you know, life takes us where we, we we end up or do whatever. But I, that's where I was born, and, and where my values were instilled in me in such a strong way. Um, You know, I used to sit on my great grandmother's porch and, uh, you know, and get that understanding and and, um, what they expected of us to do. And it was always where you can lead from where you are. You might be, you may not be the leader, but you can, and we expect you to, right? And so I was just looking at some papers, just cleaning out some things today. And I thought, wow, these women who have influenced my life, it was in Texas and it is who I am. And and, um, my great grandmother was like, don't y'all worry about anything. Y'all just come on the porch. Everything's gonna be okay, um, because we talked about those things and who we are and 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 what was expected of us to to lead when it was necessary and 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 be oh, be in that moment and say what's happening here and understanding things. And so I was taking with me, uh, you know, I had some trouble, as they say, at the gas station, but I had a crazy boyfriend that lost his mind. <laughs> so and in that moment i found mine <laughs> i uh-huh. packed my stuff and i left you know if oh, if okay. <laughs> you know and i i left with you know like oh i have got to find another way and maybe perhaps even find who i am right to be able to spread my wings and so i my uncle was home for Christmas, and uh, he lives out here. And I followed him back, and that's that's oh. how I got here. And you know, my grandfather said, "Hey, if you get there and you don't feel like it, I'll come and come out there and get you." So that type of, "I got your back," I, I'm I'm here for you, and I I trust you and believe and 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 support you. Um, that sustains to me today, right? And so I came here with that, and I was always like. And my grandmother said, Wendy, you were born with your eyes wide open. Like, she was, that's a little scary. That little girl's going to be nosy. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope that that has served me well to have my eyes wide open to the whole picture of things and, and uh, you know, to have that sturdy foundation when things get a little shaky uh, in life. And so I count, I came here with that fortitude and, and courage and expectations of what I could and could not do. and um, I've never really been afraid to to speak things, to be in things, and try to change things. I went to school in Missouri uh, for a little bit when my grandparents were out there, when my mom was attending nursing school. And I played basketball, but there was no girls' basketball team. And I'm like, I think that's unfair. (laughs) So Uh I made the boys' basketball team. And then it was like, well, what are we going to do with her? Where is she going to go? So there's lots of things. So, you know... Just so, oh, so, so many things prepare us in our childhood for who we're going to be, and you, you hear me talk about early childhood. Those experiences are so critical and so crucial, and that's another piece, you know, to our as we start to look in the in, in the district how we respond, making sure that we 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 talk about racial and diversity and inclusion in those early years, so that people understand and, and our children understand. How do we work with our parents, and how do we connect those two? And so that's been a part of of who I am and what I've come and the, the amount of folks um, that I've met that have changed my perspective, my life, and has fortified and, and supported. And in that moment, if I could go back for, you know, when this is happening, I don't know if you know Dr. Shirley Kennedy, um, but she has papers that are at UCSB. She was an awesome community leader and mm-hmm. um, often about not in our, our town. And I must say, when that came up, the you know, the incident in um Santa Junior High, her spirit came so strong in me,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: strong in me that we cannot not address this. And that, you know, again, it's on, it's, it's, it's here again. And so I've really been looking at, you know, the experiences that I had with her, who was a leader. I was very fortunate to have a, a leader. In the community that would help us and guide us, and even in this moment, and um, so that spirit was there. And so I just kind of come to know some some different things of how life was going to be and how it was going to change. Um, um, okay, so yeah, so you know, just all of the and it, my experience here in Santa Barbara, the things that I needed to do, I it has it has strengthened who I was you know, uh, as a young woman, experiencing some of the things that, that went on in my childhood and helped me better understand those things and knowing that you have to be involved in that. And so when those opportunities came to be involved, um, I tried to um, to do that and take advantage of those moments to do that. And even though, you um, Sometimes I find myself being the only one, <laughs> so you know, like right now, you know, the board fifty-three years before before another African American um, was there, and um, so I, I I take that very seriously. I take that you know I I'm very I feel very privileged. Um, I take it as a full responsibility to do what I can while I can while I'm there and how to impact the longer uh, part of things. And so my background has always been step up. <laughs> you know you can do this. Um, you got the support. Don't be afraid to 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 step where you need to do. And I I I, and I must admit uh, there have been times when I've been a little like insecure about doing those things and 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 being a window dressing for someone. And I'm very clear about that's not what I'm gonna be. I'm gonna no. speak. And if you're truly trying to be diverse and inclusive, then let's make sure that's what you're doing it for. Uh, and really, so we can better learn and really fulfill our mission if that's what's included in your mission and not just in that moment. Here, here's what we're saying, but that's not really what we're doing. Um, so that's very important for me. And I think that's very, very important that we have to make sure that we're modeling um, that for our students and those young folks that are in the community and, and other folks um, as well. Uh, you know, our kids uh, will, will, will listen. I mean, they will not necessarily listen to us, but they'll they'll, they'll definitely imitate us. But I think that's at other adults too. They'll, okay, I'm just gonna do what you're doing. <laughs> And you know, because you're doing that, right? I hear what you're talking, but your actions speak differently. So I, I feel very privileged um, just to be where I am. And sometimes it is very hard to, to be there. Um, I was trying to think, I was come across this um, um, something that about you know being being one type of thing, and I'll find it in a minute. But you know, you're 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 one, I think it's I can't think of his name. Um, Hale is his name, and I'll find it to make sure it's it's accurate. But in terms of I I, I am one, and I'm, but I am one. I'm, you know, I'm only one, but I am one, right? And um, while I can't do everything, I can't make that excuse not to do anything. And so I look at that and being honest, and hopefully in those areas where I'm not, and then, you know, having the courage to step in places where there's not as much diversity. And, and not necessarily the racial part. But even thought process, it, where the thoughts are not, the, the thoughts are like they're just one thought. You yeah. know, how can we diversify the thinking, you know, and perspective? So how how do we do that? So I'm I'm grateful. I didn't always understand my um, my upbringing uh, and where it was gonna lead me. Uh, I I. But every ounce of it has 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 come forth in 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 the way I lead, and and in these moments of leadership and uh, realizing that again, you can lead from wherever um, you are. And when you are the leader you know making sure that you include everyone around you that can support you as a leader in that moment and your direction and your vision is that everybody's able to find and see themselves in and, and you know uh, carry it forward. And sometimes I think as a leader you need to follow. And I think that you know as a board member you know when the public come in or comments that come in is there something in there that I need to maybe follow? You know what's has take a step back and follow what's going on and, and you know making that decision to be inclusive of, of everybody's thoughts and even the ones that I disagree with. Um, but uh you know, that right okay, I I might see where you're coming from, but let's let's figure where we can go. And I and I, I most recently I most recently read um a book called uh, The Best of Enemies, and I that has really given me perspective in about the so, I think it was a member of it, I, I want to say it might have been. It was in the Carolinas, I'm not sure, North or South, but I just really kind of picked up the book, but I had read it in, in pieces and phases. And about you're on two opposing sides. two, It was a, a community leader uh, and a member of the Ku Klux Klan, and they had to come together this, you know, because the school had burnt down, all black school had had, had a fire. And they're like, oh, they could just go in another part of the, you know, and she's like, no way, this is not happening, you know. And so standing up for that in the midst of all of that. And in the end, even though they didn't necessarily, you know, agree on the, you know, they were still, you know, on opposite ends of things, but they became the best, uh, you know, the best of enemies in the sense that they found a center uh, to come together. And there were thoughts and changes, um, you know, uh, in their perspectives. And I think when we're in this place and space, um, with such division that we've got to find our center um and 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 so that we both if we all care about what's going on and find our center find our way to the center figure out how best to do it you know we have to be willing together to do all that we can because you know it's together it's being together is is how we will and how we can make lasting change
0: what was your impression when you came to santa barbara was was santa has santa barbara changed between then and now in terms of just, you know, the acceptance, culture, attitudes. What, what was your first take?
1: Well, you know, I well, I, I followed my uncle out here. And, uh, you know, and so there was a community that, you know, I was introducing to friends. And, you know, he's been in this community for a long time. And I felt there was much more of a larger community, you know, um, then, you know, than there is now. But I, it may or may not be, you know, in terms of it, we're just more spread out mm-hmm. across. And so maybe if you if you come together, like, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a community. Um there. And I think it's just reconnecting, you know, because a lot of the young folks couldn't afford to live here. And so a lot of things have people have moved out to, to, you know, just to have a life and to thrive and and do those things. But yet the issues that 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 folks who have been here a long time and some who are still here, um, they're still here and but they were very active and and had you know, getting together and, and dealing with those issues, as I talked about, uh, you know, Dr. Shirley Kennedy and, and, and that generation that was here, they were ready to respond and they weren't reacting. They were responding because it was like, we got to work on this. And so you knew when things were happening, uh, there was there, you know, in terms of that. And even boy, you may have, you know, not integrated something, you knew you had a community that was that it was gonna take to to support you through and navigate through that being an only person there or whatever. Being a first or, or case, but you know. Um, so when I first came, I was I was like, well, "Where's black folks?" <laughs> so when I came, you know, because I you just, and, but but yet I understood it because you know our, our school, you know, I was used to like being the first black to do this or first mm-hmm. black to do that. But I but it was a supportive community from all aspects, um, and my band teacher was awesome when I was running for student council, and you didn't see black students in student council, and I'm like, "Why not?" Mm-hmm. You know, so I was always asking. Them, that wasn't unfamiliar to me, um, but the fact that we're still dealing with it is is not unsurprising but disappointing, right? Um, so um, I think that we have to continue to 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 do that work and bring that honest conversation there. Why aren't there? Because you'll ask, I'll ask myself and say, wait a minute. So are you asking yourself who's not at the table? You know, and I think that's in in, in terms of we're asking who's not here, as opposed to who's, who's here and who's always here, meaning that we have the same perspective to things. And I think we just have to ask that. And I don't think we do a good job necessarily of nurturing a diverse pool of potential leaders at all, mm-hmm. um, because I think, you know, um, and as a, as, a, as a community, how do we come back and connect together, not just around the controversial challenging things, how do we, in in, in the, again, doing the work Throughout the time that what do we need in leadership? We need to have a diverse leadership. We need to prepare our young folks in a diverse way. As a community, we need to do that, and right. our perspectives need to, to to be there. Because I am worried about all the you know to be a leader right now in this place. It's hard, and someone may be turned off. Like I don't want to deal with that. You know, right. I don't even want to pay be paid to deal with that. Right, and so but I think the more that we're preparing ourselves to meet the moments as a community and and, and calling and calling up ourselves, you know, and inviting ourselves to do things differently as a community in all aspects of of what we do and where we're connecting. And so I've been, you know, fortunate to work on, you know, um, fun for Santa Barbara, you know, uh, there and get a different perspective. I saw a community that I wouldn't necessarily have seen, but through being on the grant-making committee there uh, and understanding what's out there, what's working, who's doing the work, because oftentimes you don't see that. But when the grants are going out, you can get to see who's who's doing the work and where can we develop leaders um, through that, you know, and also sometimes criticize, like, because I, I am coming with the question, so why aren't there more of this? Or why aren't we women, Black folks, where where is it? So come with the questions, you know, and, and be fair about that. And, and I, you know, I think that that's, something that we, we need to do. And, and, and again, we're, we, it's, it's us right now, it's, it, it's it's time right now. You know, we can't wait for somebody else to be elected or somebody, it's, it's right now, what what are we doing with our positions right now? And let's, you know, have those conversations in those leadership positions where we are, what are we doing uh, to better, and and, and where, where can we assess that, right? Where can we assess that have an assessment. Here's where we are at this moment, which is why I want us to have a baseline. Yeah. It's, gonna, it's gonna get it's going ugly because it's, it's gonna unearth some things. Yeah, uh, as, as as things were coming out because we haven't necessarily dealing with the fact that we are working to do that, and I think that spreads outside to the community as well. You know, when I talked about how how we can really be this model for how we want this community to be, the time is now to do it, yeah. and and you know. Uh, it, 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 it depends on where who's in the leadership, who's doing what which we know. you know what what's in the leadership uh, is going to perpetuate or impede uh, you know whatever the cases may be and um, how do we continue to be authentic and how we really want to do this again is because we're working in the moments when it's not. And when we come around to this story again, Josh, wow, we've come a long way, we've done great things, and it's not because, th- it's because we work really hard at it, and we're continually to work hard at it, and, and make sure we're being, we're holding ourselves uh, accountable as the leaders in this, and we're developing leaders who hold themselves accountable, and, and you know, we are our sisters and brother keepers, whether we want to say that or not, mm-hmm. we are, mm-hmm. you know, so in, in terms of that, because again, it's going to take all of us um, to do where we need to do. And I'm, I'm very hopeful. I'm proud of this district. Uh, you know, sometimes you have to stand up and take some things and, and proud of us let's just own where we are right now and how can we do better. And, and when we're not making sure we, we adjust to make sure that we are moving always in a place of being better. We must demand of ourselves to do better, be better and, and don't accept anything less than that.
0: Yeah. And and you, you, you touched on a good point uh, is how do we cultivate the next generation of leaders and you know I think that for for black people for people of color for myself as a mexican American so many times growing up you just don't see yourself being there you don't think that you belong there you think that's for other people and you need to go do something else and I think that's um, the real uh, difficulty that a lot of people don't understand who are in this place of privilege is that, if you and I go out right now and we walk around Santa Barbara, we're going to see a very diverse community. Okay, um, But if we go to these government buildings and we go to these boards and these commissions and we go to the staff members, we're going to see a lot of people who don't look like you and I in charge here in making the leadership decisions. And so I think that's part of it is, is hiring people of color, hiring people who reflect the community, who can be role models without saying, here's a role model. We don't want to do that, right? Nobody wants that, but we want to just be able to say, oh, you did that. How did you do it? I want to do it. Maybe you can help mentor me, or maybe I can learn from you. And and then it becomes naturally just sort of the standard of like, I belong there. It's not just these other people who belong there and over time. And so I think that's why it's so important and, and just to bring it full circle for people such as yourself to seize the moment talk you know don't you know don't don't wait don't pause if you have a microphone and you need to address something do it because whether you realize it or not or whether you're trying or not think of how many people you affected at this one board meeting Mm -hmm. just by talking right and of course there's all the insiders who are talking but what about the students at the school districts who heard you That's where the real change is. So I think, you know, again, you should be commended for using your voice to speak out and uh, hopefully continuing to speak out, not just in that loud moment, as you put it, but throughout and going forward. You're running for re-election. Is that correct this year? Is that?
1: No, I'm not. I'm not up to 24, but we do have seats, um, you know, and then we may have a potential, uh you know um something depending on what's coming on on the board of supervisors race and 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 i just want to go back to your point right there to say that i don't want to be an improbable you know appointment i don't want to be an improbable here i want to make it possible because of the things that we do and to your point about when when we're developing and nurturing uh, i look at our board of supervisors i look at our leaders where you're hiring staff you're nurturing leaders so you need to look at your staff and say, and I'm looking at my staff and my executive positions that I am put my executive, you know, assistant and all of those in those places, look there and say, does it reflect the future of leaders? And if not, I'm not saying, in, you know, just one versus the other, but how we want our community to be represented. And again, and so it's not an improbable win by somebody because people like when I when I first because nobody asked me the question about running for school board. So I had to ask myself that in terms of that. And I I was talking to a friend the other day. I said, I'm going to write a book called, why are you running? I was like, because nobody asked me. (laughs) You know, in in, in terms of, of, we have to ask ourselves. And I met someone who's been in this thing for a long time. And she said, you make sure you get someone, get a tribe of women behind you and, and do the thing. She says, yeah, ask yourself the question and don't be willing to take no for an answer. And so I think that's the part that we have to do, uh, ask ourselves those questions who, who are not really visible, but ensure that we have done the things that we need to get involved in things. And how are we making sure we're including uh, people in those places and spaces and, 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 and being mindful, as you said, of the words that we speak because they do make a difference uh, in how someone may see themselves, perceive themselves you know, in terms of that, it may invite someone in who wouldn't necessarily be thinking that they would or want to. Um, so I, I think there's so much that we, we we can do. We just have to be ready to do it, be, have the courage to do it because it does. And in, in the midst of all, where you have people coming, you know, right, this board is being attacked, not only just with some of the things we're not doing internally, but externally, we realize what's happening. You know, we have two seats that are coming up, uh, you know, in 22. And now that we're uh, in districts, what does that look like? I wasn't necessarily a proponent of going to districts. I just I just kind of felt that it really wasn't addressing what that law was trying trying to do. Yeah. Uh, and I, I continue to push for making sure that if you are running for school board, because that's just where I am right now, but I mean, running for school board and making sure there's a mandated free training so that you truly understand what you, what, what, what you have to do, and what your responsibilities and what your roles are as a school board I member, mean, it is then. Then we have we're informed representatives of the school district. What we can and cannot do, and that also allows us to talk and speak um, to the public, who sometimes figure you can do this. I have the pressure to do this. I have this to do that, and so that when we are talking about Ed Code, it doesn't come across defensively. Yeah. It's a part of who we do so the more that we're edu- educated and informed as board members the better representatives we will be for our students
0: yeah. great well thank you wendy Sems i really enjoyed this conversation and i just appreciate you taking time on your uh, you know busy schedule to to meet and talk to your uh constituents myself and you know people who, who watch and listen to this show uh, thank you so much and uh good luck to everything and hopefully we'll you know, we'll talk again soon down the road. We, we, we're going to make
1: it. I, I, we're we're going to take it again and say, Josh, now you know you talked it was real loud at that moment. So here we are. We're gonna, so how are we going to do it? And it's we're going to look at how we're going to grow from this and how and where we're going to grow from it. I believe that we will. And this is our time to make sure we do. And, and I found that quote. I just wanted to be fair. It says, True. I'm only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the, something that I can do. And wow. that's how I feel that we can do as, as individuals and as we certainly can do and will do at Santa Barbara Unified School District.
0: All right. Great. Thanks a lot, Wendy and Have a great Thank day.